Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Did you guys see the uh, the debate? The GOP debate last night? I had something else to do, so I, I missed it. But I've been catching up on it for hours today. I've watched the clips. I've read those the, the, the stories. I've seen all of the all of the other debates. And it was raucous last night in South Carolina. And the Republican Party did a pretty good job papering the House. I think there were 1,600 seats, and they controlled over 900 tickets. And when Donald Trump spoke, he got booed. And he said, all right, you know, basically, those are just the, uh, the activists for the party or the other candidates. So... Um, I read a CNN column, Donald Trump can win and he must be stopped. There have been all sorts of stories in this country about how Donald Trump would be a disaster for Canada if he became the president of the United States. If he wins South Carolina, folks, he can sit back, open a pop, and sail to the nomination. On the other side of the ledger, Bernie Sanders is making life Uncomfortable for Hillary Clinton. Very uncomfortable for Hillary Clinton. And joining me on the show to talk about all of the above are two gentlemen I first spoke with in 2008 as they were superdelegates for the Democratic Party. They're members of the Democratic Party Committee. Superdelegates at the convention, which saw Barack Obama elected as the leader of the Democratic Party, because that's what the nominee essentially is, and he, of course, went on to be POTUS. Toby Convliff, Robert Bell. Toby, good to talk to you again. It's It's been a long time. Nice to talk to you, too, Roy. And, Robert, good to have you back. Thank you, Roy. Hi, Toby. Hello. So, guys, uh, a year from now, from now, or a year, not a year from now, a year, a year earlier, if in 2015 at this time I would have said to you, Toby, a year from now we're going to be talking about Donald Trump being in the driver's seat virtually, according to polls, for the nomination of the Republican Party, would you send me to a physician? I, w- I would not have believed it. But I have to tell you that I did make a financial contribution, not a big one, but a small one, uh, to Bernie Sanders, because I felt that he would move uh, Hillary Clinton more to the left. But I never expected that he would become as strong as he has, do you want your money back? Real contender. Do you want your money back? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Robert, same question to you. How surprised are you that Donald Trump has accomplished what he has accomplished, chasing the White House? Well, uh, <laughs> it's very perplexing, but uh, you can never underestimate the uh, the American population uh, fall, fall, falling for uh, some of the comments that he's made. He's really appealing to the nativist, uh, uh, the angry population. I read, and I keep mentioning this to our to our listeners. I read a column, which I th- or an article, more than a column, in the in the Washington Post. It was by two of their reporters, and they put it extremely well. And they said what he's done has been able to tap in to an absolute and total frustration with political correctness. He's identified the problem, or at least a an issue, the issue that will carry him forward, and he's been able to carry that issue, and it's one that resonates with Americans and resonates with Americans on all sides of the political spe- spectrum. Toby, what do you say? 
Well, I think that's absolutely correct, and that's uh, also been the key to Bernie Sanders' uh, strength. They're both appealing to people that are upset with the gridlock that's in Washington. Does it surprise you, Robert, that uh, Harvard University, in their polling, found the millennials, the 18 to 29-year-olds, they want to be able to choose between Trump and Sanders? <laughs> well, uh, I think that uh, uh, I think that's true. I think that young people really uh, are appealed to by uh, what Bernie Sanders says, despite the fact that it uh, really seems to be a one-issue uh, complaint, and he doesn't have uh, much backing on, on foreign affairs and some of the other uh, uh, issues. But certainly uh, the young women have been uh, attracted to him, and I think that's uh, quite a surprise to the Hillary campaign. Well, I think Bernie Sanders is as qualified to be president of the United States as I am uh, qualified to perform um, complicated neurosurgery. <laughs> I think you're talking. And there is about a neurosurgeon. In <laughs> Gentlemen, hold on. I want to come back and talk to you about what's going to happen going forward. You can provide us with the information from the Democratic Party perspective. I'm sure it's quite similar as far as the Republicans are concerned. What happens going forward between now and the eventual selection of who will represent each party going into the presidential general election? We'll come back with Robert Bell, Toby Conliffe. They were superdelegates. For the Democratic Party in 2008, when Barack Obama was elected the leader and, uh, of course, became president of the United States, they're also members of the Democratic Party Committee. We'll come back. Stay with us. Want to get in touch during the show? Email is Roy at RoyGreenShow.com, at The Roy Green Show on Twitter. Uh, Robert Bell and uh, Toby Condliffer with me. There were superdelegates in the 2008 Democratic Convention, which uh, saw, as you know, Barack Obama come out of there winning and becoming the president of the United States, ending his eight-year term, or two, two four-year terms. So, uh, Toby, how surprised are you, and let's talk about the Democratic side of things, how surprised are you that Bernie Sanders is where he is, and has he really essentially uh, covered all the victories or most of the victories he's going to cover and does it now become Hillary Clinton territory from here on in? Well, of course, I am surprised. But the most important thing that Americans in Canada should do, and there are 800, seven or 800,000 Americans in Canada, is they should register to vote in the fall. And they can do that at votefromabroad.org. But they have, if they've watched any of the debates, they've watched Hillary and Bernie debate issues while the Republicans have had a gong show. So I think that the uh, contrast between the two parties is quite dramatic. Okay, that said, are you, what do you see going forward? Do you think Bernie has run out of territory? Is it going to be Hillary's territory now? And how badly is she saddled? I'll go to you, Robert. How badly is she saddled with the potential of this, or at least this FBI investigation into her email server? Well, I think uh, the Republicans are certainly playing that up as though it's uh, uh, terribly significant. I think uh, it's something that other secretaries of states uh, have, have done in the past. It's, uh, it's blown out of proportion, in my, in my view. Uh, but I think uh, both parties are missed by the fact that uh, these candidates have come out from uh, uh, unknown positions, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. And it's very similar to when uh, 
Lyndon Johnson uh, decided not to run. He was frightened of Bobby Kennedy after he was shot. Uh, Hubert Humphrey became the candidate of the Democratic majority or the Democratic uh, leaders. And Eugene McCarthy came out. And uh, this sort of opened things up to uh, the people wanting one candidate, the party wanting someone else. So what happens now? What happens going now forward? Are the parties going to... Or are they already trying to manipulate what eventually will prove to be who the who the nominee is going to be? What are the Democrats? Does the Democratic Party want Hillary Clinton? Is that cut and dried? I mean, the president clearly wants her well, or I supports think, her. I think uh, the the uh, the mainstream part of the uh, Democratic Party wants Hillary Clinton, but uh, the people seem uh, many of the people in the first two. Uh, uh, in the primary and the uh, caucus state of Iowa yeah. and New Hampshire uh, seem to favor uh, Bernie Sanders. But yeah. this is going to change when it's a more representative uh, uh, makeup of the American population. Okay. Toby, take us inside the party. Um, what, what happens between now and the convention and at the convention? How significant is the convention itself? Is it going to be significant as far as determining who the leader is or who the nominee is, or is it going to be essentially just a place for a three-day coronation? Well, Roy, by the time we get to the convention, it's highly likely that the nominee will have been chosen. Okay. But one thing that you haven't mentioned is if it becomes a Trump versus Sanders race, former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg, who is even well richer than, than Trump, right. has said that he might run. Yeah. And it's unclear, if he does, which of the parties he would hurt the most. He's not likely to win, but he is likely to be a spoiler. Yeah, it's sort of the Ross Perot syndrome, but a little more, a little more restrained. Well, I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you predict? Uh, let me ask you both what you predict going forward. What, what do you see happening as far as your party's concerned, the Democratic Party, and then on the Republican side, I know it's not your your cup of java, but on the Republican side, what do you expect is going to come out of this 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 brawl for it all? And let's start with the uh, Robert. Let's start with the the Republicans. What do you expect is going to happen? Who will the Democrats face? Well, I think uh, one of the uh, on the ticket will be Kasich. I think he's a moderate. Uh, I don't imagine he will win, but I think. Uh, from a, an important state like Ohio, someone will uh, will pick him as the vice presidential candidate. Uh, but I do think that Hillary is going to uh, to come through, and I just hope that uh, she does it decisively, and that uh, Bernie Sanders is gracious enough not to uh, uh, to want to contest it at the convention, or it would turn out like the '68 convention where I was cheering the in, in Chicago. Uh, because the public wanted uh, McCarthy, and the party really wanted Humphrey. Right. So, uh, Toby, what about you? Um, what do you expect to come out of the uh, the brawl for it all, as I said, with the Republicans? And, and what do you expect to come out of the—, the uh, who's going to face whom for November? Well, I, I don't have a strong feeling about who will be their nominee, but I do agree with Robert— that uh, Kasich will be a strong pick for vice president because he brings Ohio with him, and that's a critical state. Right. As far as the Democrats are concerned, I think that it's still likely that Hillary will prevail. Uh, and for vice president, I think the strongest, ca the strongest candidate 
is Julian Castro, a member of Obama's cabinet and the former mayor of San Antonio, Texas, and a Hispanic. Okay. Do you guys think that Hillary Clinton could beat Donald Trump? Yes. Yes. Why? Because she has the most knowledge about all of the issues. Donald Trump is new. He has bombast, but she has knowledge. But she's being beaten by Bernie Sanders. Who also has knowledge and a very strong message. He just looks like a pissed off old man. Well, he is that. (laughs) But he's he's also speaking to uh, a very definite audience. Yes, he is. Which is is not uh, the majority of the American public, in my opinion. Let me ask you this, guys. Do you think there's crossover? Between oh. between the, the followers of Sanders and the followers of Trump, because they're both they're both delivering a populist message, uh, not the same populist message. But do you think there's going to be crossover? Well, yes, I think that the people who are uh, upset with uh, the status quo uh, will migrate to uh, the far left or the far right, yeah. and uh, you know, I think that that is. Shelby? Well, I, I, I don't think they'll be crossover in the sense that I don't think Sanders supporters, if Hillary's the candidate, will vote for Trump simply because he uh, wants to break everything up. And vice versa, if Sanders uh, were the nominee, I don't think any uh, Trump supporters would vote for Sanders. Okay, so it's going to be the year of the angry voter. <laughs> it really it looks like that, doesn't it? Things are very angry there. Yeah, it looks like it's the year of the angry voter. Gentlemen, how many, uh, I'll ask you last question really uh, quickly here. How many Americans in, in, uh, in, in Canada, I thought it was closer to a million, how many actually do vote in the U.S. election? Well, I don't think there's any way to tell that, but if an American is hearing this broadcast and wishes to vote and has not registered, go to votefromabroad.org. Okay. And uh, you can you can vote in the election at that point. All right. Gentlemen, I thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. And as we travel down the road to the two conventions and, and the eventual uh, uh, election victory for one of the parties, we'll have you back on, if you will. Oh, thanks, Roy. Thank you, Roy. Thank you, Toby. Thank you, Robert. Roy Green Show, Chorus Radio Network, Toby Conliffe, and Robert Bell, former Democratic Party superdelegates.